Hey there, it's Kristen Crockett, and you are listening to The Plastic Couch, a podcast to help you find clarity and confidence in your life. Most of us remember someone from back in the day with a couch they kept covered with plastic. It was meant to protect and preserve the couch for tomorrow, but the plastic was hot and uncomfortable, and it kept everyone from enjoying it. So what does the plastic represent for you in your life? Is it perfection, fear, or something else? And what are you preventing yourself from enjoying, or better yet, from being? I'm your host, Kristen Crockett, and I'm here to help you with the tools to get clarity on your path to you and to help you see what's on the other side of the plastic. So welcome to the Plastic Couch Podcast. On this very special episode, I've actually invited my husband to come on and talk. We just celebrated 10 years of marriage, and we wanted to share just some lessons that we've learned from our relationship. Now, just some background things for you to know. When I first met my husband, he was in a completely different city from me. We met online, and he used to drive two hours to come and see me. And so our relationship has developed by getting to know each other and to really understand each other. And we really look at our marriage as a partnership. It is not just like this person does this and this person does that. It's really about how we really can do this together. And so, you know, for example, we don't have certain roles in the house that are specific to the woman or to the man. It's like we both chip in to help out. So we look at what is a strength for us. So he's doing laundry because I cannot stand it, right? There's certain things where we have our, you know, strengths and areas that we just don't like or that are challenge areas and the other person will chip in. So that's how we approach marriage. And we wanted to kind of like share our lessons that we have learned over the past 10 years. So I've always said that when you have a relationship that is not built on compatibility, that everything seems like hard work. And for us, one thing that we definitely did is we got it right. We are extremely compatible and that's the foundation of our marriage. As you kind of jump in to hear our lessons, I wanted to just say like why we felt this was so important to do this episode, which is these are a lot of things that people didn't tell us in our relationships before. And I know that we both struggled with finding the right person and the right love for us. And so we wanted to kind of pass that on, just pass on some tips for you that we have picked up in our relationship together. So at the end of the podcast, you're actually going to hear the song that I had written for us. And so make sure you stay tuned. So with that, let's jump into this episode of the Plastic Couch Podcast. Today on the Plastic Couch, we are talking about love. And this is actually the 10th anniversary for my husband and I. And I wanted to bring him on the podcast so we can kind of talk about some of the lessons that we have learned in being together or being married for 10 years. So welcome, Camille. Welcome to the Plastic Couch Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. This is my first podcast ever, my first official podcast. So I think you're... um, your listeners should know that. <laughs> Why? Why does that make a difference? Because I've never, I've never done a podcast before, so <laughs> this is my uh, my virgin podcast, my maiden <laughs> podcast. So I'm happy to do it, do it for you, my wife. 
Thank you, Malone. All right. So we just celebrated 10 years this September. And I wanted just to talk about some of the lessons that we have learned from our relationship. So first off, I would love to hear your recollection or your version of when you first met me. So let's kind of talk about our story just a little bit. So can you tell them your version of what happened when we when we first met? Sure. We met physically after about two weeks of getting to know each other on the telephone. So I feel like we met and got a chance to talk a lot via telephone. And then when we finally got a chance to meet in person, which was our first date, you know, of course, there are butterflies and there's nervousness. But I really felt like I knew you already and that, you know, meeting in person was just sort of the icing on the cake, if you will. So knowing you on the telephone, getting to know each other, I guess, over that two week time period, you know, we talked a lot. We talked about our families. We talked about our backgrounds. Uh, We found that that we had so much in common. There was a lot of compatibility there. And so meeting in person was just like, I hope this is as special in person as it is from talking on the phone. And and it was. I mean, I remember meeting you and um, this is going to sound crazy, but our date lasted four days. So I don't know too many people who have like a four day date, um, but it just felt so natural and organic. I don't think either one of us wanted the date to end. And so we just continued this like, you know, whatever four days is in hours. We continued uh, this date night for 96 straight hours to the point where people were asking, are you okay, Camille? Like, where are you? Where did you go? I knew you went to meet this woman, but you haven't come home yet. Is everything okay? Um, And so it was, you know, that was my first recollection. And it was, you know, it was easy, I think is the best word. There was the nerves and the butterflies and all that like went away the first day. Yeah. And I think that's a great way of saying it because I definitely felt like I had known you my whole life just when I talked to you on the phone for the first time, and if you all don't know, we did meet on eHarmony. So let's let's kind of take it back to what they don't know about meeting on eHarmony. So I know I was in Canada. I was visiting a friend. I remember sitting down on the computer in Canada. And, and actually, I got to go back. I have to go back, babe, because How we even met is one of my first lessons in relationships, which is that what you need is never what you really choose. We always choose what we know. We don't really choose what we need. And I'm going to talk about that. So I was at work and about an hour before work would start, I would sit with a friend of mine who would come in early as well. And he would help me go through all of my matches. And so he would be like, oh, okay, next one, next one. And when we got to yours, he was like, oh my God, this is the perfect person for you. And I was like, Cardo, like, first off, I'd stopped paying. I was done with dating because I had had some crazy, (laughs) some crazy matches over those three months. So at this point, I couldn't even see people's pictures anymore, but I had, you know, maybe a week before I was done. And then you sent me a message that said, I love your smile. And it was very different from what other people were sending me. So he was like, you gotta contact him. Hmm. I was like, Pardo, I don't even know if this dude looks good. Like, I feel like I'm going to go through all of this. I'm not going to be attracted to him. Like, 
if I repay so I could see pictures again. And he was like, Kristen, he has the exact same profile as you. Like y'all are the same person, male and female. And that's, I remember the exact same. That was my memory as well. Seeing your profile, like, wow, it's almost like I wrote it or you wrote mine, vice versa. Yeah, absolutely. And so we ended up searching for your picture for like 45 minutes, finally found something that you had written just about like an old teacher. And so we ended up finding like a little tiny picture of you. And that's when I was like, okay, he's cute. Let's try it. I'll, I'll repay. I'll get on. I'll try all of this. And ultimately I was headed to Canada. I responded back to you. You immediately wrote me back. I answered your questions. I think we had a couple rounds and it was time for us to like do, you know, eHarmony does it where after a couple rounds, it's open communication and you can write whatever. And I remember I responded back to you. I was like, oh my God, it seems like he has the same exact family, same experience. And then all of a sudden I heard crickets. So you explain (laughs) what happened. Well, so, okay. So the long short of it is, and you're right, everything was, there was communication up until that point. But as I remember, it was the very beginning or or maybe the middle of December and the holidays were about to start. I got busy um, with with my kids, our kids now, but I got busy with the kids uh, with work. And it just was kind of almost like a forgetfulness. Like I definitely remember uh, wanting to communicate with you. Um, and then when I finally sent you something back, I believe your response was, hey, I met someone, whatever. Um, I respected that. And oddly enough, I like I really respected that because I think for me, it was the honesty of it. And I was well, like, wow, let's okay. Go back. Let's go back to exactly like, tell me exactly. What do you remember me saying to you? I thought you said something to the effect of I'm I'm sorry. Like I, I hadn't heard from you. I actually met someone. Something like that. That's all I remember. I yeah, just remember I, I remember sending you this email and yeah. saying, listen, it's only fair for me to let you know that I've met somebody offline. Right. And it's only right for me to see where this goes. And I wish you the best in finding someone, you know, for a relationship. So you you remember better than me because you probably regret it now. But <laughs> um, I don't remember it quite like that. But I do remember feeling like, wow, she's like honest. You know, most people may ghost or, you know, as, as folks say now, they may just ghost the person or they may just make something up like, Hey, not interested or whatever, or not respond at all. So I remember thinking at that time, wow, you know, she's upfront. And that's something that I really respect because, you know, human nature says be guarded or, um, you know, you don't know this person. You don't need to tell them the truth. You don't need to tell them that you met someone. So I really like that about your response, not even having talked to you. And then, shall I continue? You want me to continue with the <laughs> Yeah, with I the need rest? to see if your perspective is the correct one. So go ahead. It, what do you well, remember? So so far, mine is correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I think it was uh, maybe close to the end of January. It had to be like the end of January. I get an email message from you because as you stated before, eHarmony, was, we had gotten to the point where we had the open communication. So, you know, we could directly either email each email each other directly or through the app. I can't remember. See, but now we, your memory is incorrect because that's not what happened. Let me, t- wait, let me, let me step in. You weren't, you didn't email me and nope. say, oh, you, okay, never mind. I know, I know. Uh, I do remember. 
you called me because you had my phone number, yep. right? Yep. And so I get a call and I'm in the car and you were like, this is Kristen from eHarmony. And I was like, huh, Kristen? I was like, I thought you were in love <laughs> or something to that effect. Like, why are you calling me? But again, you know, typically I may have been like, oh, so I'm like the second string or whatever. Um, but it, as I stated before, one of the things that attracted me to you, it's not just the fact that we had a lot of compatibility, which was great. And we had uh, a lot of things um, that were very, very similar in terms of our backgrounds and upbringing. But I think one of the bigger things was the fact that you had been honest. And so, of course, I'm thinking to myself, all right, I would still like to meet her and see where this goes. And I, you know, completely respected, again, the fact, and I don't think this can be overstated, that your communication style was something that was attractive because it wasn't like you were like, oh, let me see where he is now, now that I've finished this other relationship. I didn't feel like that at all. It was really about, wow, here's someone that you were, you know, very compatible with. Things didn't work out, but now, you know, she reached out again. And so I appreciated that. Is that your... Did I get yeah. the recollection correct? Absolutely. So okay. I think after that relationship had ended, I just kind of was like, I realized like I was at this place in my life where I had always given other people everything and given and, and really didn't spend time thinking about what I wanted. And it was the first time that I was like, okay, this is exactly what I need to be happy. I know what it is. And this other person was a workaholic. And I remember saying to him, listen, there's no difference whether or not you got somebody on the side or you are a workaholic. The reality is the impact is the same that I'm not a priority. Right. So now we go back to, I don't answer your phone calls after 10 o'clock. Like you get treated like a friend. Right. And I remember waiting a few weeks and then calling you because I still was like, I was kind of like, why didn't he text me? Why didn't he, well, not text. Like, why didn't he, you know, write me back for a couple, couple weeks? I still was like, I don't understand. It felt like everything was really great. So right. we talked, you explained it all. It was the holidays and, you know, all of that. And, and, and let me just, let me just also say this too. Like you said earlier, having, you know, those folks that are familiar with online dating or any of that stuff, you do. And I had the same experience, but you do have like experiences where, it's like you go out with someone, it doesn't work out. You go out with another person, uh, it's not. Weird. And so, of course, I had been through that same round as well. So when I should have responded to you, it's also a matter of like, you know, you just get busy and you figure, all right, well, it's a match, but where is it going to go? And that was really my fault. We definitely should have met in December. Um, so the holidays and a combination of all that other stuff, just timing was not right. But I think the passage of that month and a half or so, in my mind, I think it was better that we waited or that there was that time period there Absolutely. because it was, you know, it was just much better. In yeah, because I think, you know, definitely in divine time, I think that the time right. just wasn't right for us back then. And I, at this point, definitely knew exactly what I was looking for. And, and it's not even what I was looking for. It's what I needed to be happy. And because I had gotten together with two of my friends, we had done and, you know, an activity, which I actually do have 
that activity uh, in my book, The Gift of Past Relationships, where we, you know, all said what we thought the other person needed to be happy in a relationship. And so they were clear, like they kind of were like, listen, like things I didn't even think about, like your family can be hard on people, meaning my family. So they were like, you need somebody who can kind of, you know, hang with your brothers and not be like, you know, crawl into the corner and be like, oh my goodness, and really can handle their own. That's not something I would have thought about that I needed, but right. oh my God, did I yeah. need that, especially with my brothers? <laughs> so. Right. And, and family, I think we both realized early on family compatibility is a necessity. I mean, you know, people can work through things. But our families are important to both of us. I mean, we both have big families. Um, We both have family everywhere, like all over the country. We both love our families. We both love getting together with our families. And so if there was an issue in terms of that, I don't think that's something that could have been overcome. And so for us, it just worked. And And again, going back to that time period, that two weeks that we talked and we got to know each other for hours and hours and hours, we got through a lot of those things that were important to us and we we voiced them to each other. Um, and it turned out to be very similar. So there was really no hang up like, oh, I wonder what her family's going to be like. Or I wonder if I'm going to have to meet. You know, th- none of that was was at issue um, when we finally met. Yeah. And I will say, like, I truly I think when I was younger, I used to have this thing where I'm like, well, even if I don't get along with this person's family, it's about us. It's us against the world. Yeah, no. Right. That whole theory is so completely out the window. I now realize that family, like you, there are too many holidays. There's too many events. There's too many weekends where you have to be around family. And why choose to be around? Like, I, I absolutely love both of my mother-in-laws. Not only like do we have big families, but your dad was remarried. I love my two mother-in-laws and we definitely get along. And I, you know, I, I love every single member of your family. That's not to say that you and I both don't have like, shall we say uniqueness going on in our hmm. families. <laughs> yeah. There, there are definitely times when, um, you know, I want to take a break from certain members of my family. And I think it's the <laughs> same too. one you're in. Um, but you're right. And I think that's a valid, that's a valid point that people don't get because our families are so big. There isn't a weekend that goes by that we are not doing something. I mean, whether it's visiting somebody, going to a wedding, um, and sadly, sometimes funerals, birthday parties. I mean, there's always something going on. Um, and most of our family members are in the mid Atlantic area. So absent compatibility it would be very tough for us to yeah. be around each other's families it's so um, would it's because so we have good. to be we have to be but it's not an issue because i feel like i've been adopted by your family f- almost from day one um and i think the same on uh, my and everybody loves you to death sometimes i think they love you more than they love me um but i think <laughs> that that is a part of compatibility i would think would be very difficult for someone to get past. Like, I don't care what this person, what my parents say, I'm going to love this person. Um, It sounds good in theory and maybe in a romantic comedy, but it doesn't work. I mean, it's not like meet the Fockers or whatever. Yeah. And I was going to say the same way that you were just saying, like, I think that my family may love you more. I already know. So I have two older brothers and we have all, 
all three of us have come to the conclusion, and we're okay with it, that if we <laughs> all were drowning in the water and you were there too, my they mother throw- would absolutely come and save you first. <laughs> they throw they throw me the preserver. Well, I appreciate that. And I hope it stays that way just so I don't drown. Really? <laughs> <laughs> But it is fabulous that uh, we do love each other's families and they they love us as well, you know. So let's talk a little bit, babe, about lessons that we have learned in these 10 years. So do you want to start? You want me to start off? No, you start off and then I'll jump in. All right. So I'm going to start off with the first one, which I think I kind of alluded to earlier, which is you always are going to choose what you are accustomed to versus what is best and healthiest for you, which is why you need someone else's opinion in there. Because I think that we tend to be blind, not only to ourselves and what we need, but also we tend to be blind to our own genius, like what we do well, what we need. So I definitely have learned that whether it is you know, you're talking about a relationship or whether you're talking about anything involving like leadership, you need another perspective to give you, you know, that outside perspective that kind of knows you and knows what you need. So I'm going to say that is my very first lesson that I've learned had Pardo not pushed me to contact you. Um, I think that that was the most important thing is that Every single year, I always text him or call him or send him a message to say, I'm so thankful for you because we just would not be here had he not been like, can you not see that this person is perfect for you? And every time that people meet us, they're like, how in the world did you find somebody who is the male (laughs) version of you? You know? Right. Absolutely. And I think that started with some like with our friends and families, too, because once they met the other person they're like this is you just in a female body yep or she's got thick skin she jumped right into the family no issues whatsoever so i agree with you on having that other perspective or having an outside perspective um because people do know us i mean whether we think we know ourselves other people know us as well so i think my first lesson is adaptability and i say that because We've both been the type of people that, you know, we make plans, but if things don't go as we want them to, we go with it. Like we we move in a way that is all about getting the best out of life, not having things always be as planned. I mean, one example for your listeners yesterday or our wedding is a huge example, but we'll get to that. Well, our wedding. Yeah. And and I'll go back to that. But yeah, the wedding is a great example. But I think for us, like anytime we go somewhere, anytime we go on vacation, we may have plans, but our plans are all about experience, um, not about sticking to an itinerary or sticking to a, a set, you know, a group of things that have to be done. And one example of that is yesterday, you and I were out of town and we had gone to a spa and we saw a festival near the spa. And we're like, all right, let's go check out the festival. That wasn't in our day, right? We, yep. we didn't say we're going to set aside two or three hours to go to this festival. But for us, for you and I, we just decided, you know what? We see something. Let's check it out. Let's do it. And we ended up having fun. It was like a distillery, wine and beer festival. The food was good. We walked around. We enjoyed our, it was an otherwise uh, great fall Saturday that we may have just been piddling around the house, but we got out, we enjoyed ourselves. 
Um, going back to what you were saying about the wedding, I don't know if your listeners know if you've covered it in the past podcast, um, but we had planned to get married at the uh, Naval Yard in Washington, D.C. And unfortunately, and my sympathies and condolences go out to the families of these victims. Unfortunately, the Tuesday or Wednesday before our wedding, a man went into the Navy Yard and killed 12 people in a, in a mass shooting incident. And our wedding was effectively canceled on a Wednesday afternoon. Canceled, canceled, canceled. No, we're going to reschedule. No, we have a, another venue. Just you're not getting married this weekend. Yeah. And I think um, and, and I may have talked about it, but they had let us know that like, hey, we're, we're waiting to see if it's going to be reopened. Right. And then I know I was getting my dress out of alterations and I picked it up. I was bringing it to work. I was literally unzipping it and showing it to my manager when I got this call saying that our wedding was going to be canceled and we had almost 300 people coming. So, right. And it, I mean, and that's something, I mean, how do you bounce back? Right. The average person is like, what you've put all this time, money, you've sent out invitations because it was a military installation. There were background issues that we had to uh, go through with guests. And so to find out that you're not getting married, I mean, yeah, it was tough, but we both were in a position of, you know what, we can't do anything about this. So we're going to make the best of it. And again, and, and know, I my- did call you and I was like, listen, <laughs> whatever we do, first off, we are going to Hawaii. Right. Which is our honeymoon site. Right. And second of all, if we have to do this in my mom's backyard, if we yep. have to do this wherever we're getting married and like, we're just moving ahead, you know? Yes. Yeah. There was no like, moping or sadness well well hold on now that may not be true on on your part but for me i literally all i could do was cry at that very moment when i found out right and and maybe let me clarify that i meant like there it didn't continue for days and days correct now the the great thing is we did have an alternative venue which ended up being much nicer yep um as as things always are right like when something doesn't work work out. out that next thing is always even better. And I think that that lesson taught me that because they did call us back and they said, hey, you know, we have now moved your wedding. So. Right. But I think that's really the story of the relationship is that there are going to be plenty of times when plans don't go as planned. Right. But we've never been the type to just throw up arms and say, all right, you know what? It's done. We're not going. We're not. We've always found an alternative or. Um, we've always just, we roll with the punches. We don't sit and fret and sit in misery and sadness. Um, and I can't think of a time where something didn't work out to our advantage yep. when something else didn't work out. Right. So, um, the wedding was a great example of that. It worked and people loved our venue, the new venue. Um, and our guests got through and there was a lot of work, but we had friends and family that made it work for us. So. Yeah. And it's, and, and just to even talk about that, like we had to, in 24 hours, we had to submit the date of birth and the names and social security numbers of 300 guests in order to move this wedding. And your mom was calling people. My mom was calling people. We were, you know, sending out a survey. We were, you know, all these things. But I think that that's the beauty is that we also have families that are about getting things done too, like taking it. Right. So Everybody got together and we all came together. And I think it's like, that's the beauty of 
the whole wedding, which was we're not going to let things stop us from being together or, it, and, and it was not the way that we thought. Like it wasn't the wedding that we thought, but it was the wedding that was even more beautiful than what we imagined. Right. Absolutely. So I think for me, I'm going to say compatibility is what I've learned because whenever I talk to friends or, you know, family or anybody who talks about like their relationships in any way, I think it all comes down to lack of compatibility. And I think that what you're saying is like, we're flexible, but what I'm also saying is that we enjoy doing similar things, right? And so we enjoy spending time with each other. That's the thing is like, how many couples can say that they really enjoy spending time with their significant other? And we laugh, we have a great time. We like this, this idea of just driving someplace and then like, Oh, that looks good. Let's go there. Right. I think that we enjoy, you know, vineyards. We enjoy antiquing, you know, together. Like we enjoy doing a lot of things, discovering new places, new restaurants. We went to so many different restaurants when we first met, but I think being curious is one of those things, but we are compatible. I will say this, your playlist can be out there sometimes because you really Hmm. do love everything but country. And I do love country, but it's like, I know everything too, but it's like your playlists are, you know, almost every song that has has ever been made. (laughs) Right. And I like, I like some country for the record. If you have country fans that listen to this podcast, I like some country, (laughs) just not new country, but yes, (laughs) go Um, on. I digress. (laughs) I know. But, but here's the thing is that I think that we have things in common And I think that that's what people miss when they are thinking about compatibility is you have to figure out like the majority of your time has to be spent doing something that you like, you know, and we do have those things that we like doing on our own. There are things that I like that you don't like and vice versa, where we will just go out and do them on our own. But it's so important that you are compatible, that you have similar family structures, meaning if you like family and the person that you're with does not like, it's just not going to work, you know? Right. So, so I'm I'm going to piggyback on what you're saying. So I think the compatibility also comes in knowing when the other person needs space, which is another lesson I've learned, right. Or knowing that both folks need space. Right. And so you said just a, a few seconds ago that we, we might do things that the other person is not really that interested in. Um, but we give each other that space. And I think it's important for couples to understand that, you know, you have to have your own interests. You don't give up everything for this other person and vice versa. It's just not healthy. And so we both do things with our own friends, with our outside work interests, our hobbies. Um, and we both have that. And I think it's a healthy balance of being together because we both enjoy hanging out with each other, you know, absolutely enjoy hanging out together and doing things together. Um, But it's also important, I think, for both of us um, that we have these outside interests, which allows us to that healthy space. And I always talk about, you know, my great grandmother, when her husband died, they were their whole lives all intertwined together. And so she really was alone. You know what I mean? Um, And so I would not want that to be our type of relationship um, where the other person doesn't really have any interest outside of the relationship. So I think that that's healthy too. We both do things with our friends. We both do things with other groups. We both have other interests. 
we differ on the type of things we read and listen to, but we also say, hey, check this out. You might like this. You introduced me to a music artist a couple of weeks ago from England that I absolutely love. And he's on my playlist now. I would have never found that. You And you were like, this is your kind of music. And I know why you said that, because it was kind of folksy, but it's cool. <laughs> I really you like love a folk song. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like the dude. I mean, I was like, yo, how come I didn't know about this guy? But I think that therein lies the sort of lesson there is like, we know each other very well and we know when we need space, we know when we want to be together and it's, it's very organic. Yeah. I will tell you that there was, uh, there's a set of teachers when they got married, they told me this, they said one day out of the week, they were newlyweds. They were like one day of the week. It's a requirement that we leave the house. And so he would go and play volleyball and she would, you know, go to like a pottery class, but it was a requirement that you get the house to yourself for that specific day. And I think that time apart is something they don't teach you about before, but it's so necessary in a relationship to have time away from your partner, to have the house to yourself, right? To really like not have to have any responsibility or think about anybody else for that, those few hours or for that day. And I think that that is definitely a lesson that I would give to people in relationships is like, you have to learn how to spend time on your own and to give people that space. And sometimes, babe, you and I will do that in the house. Like you'll be in the basement or I will be, you know, uh, in my office or up in my room or in the living room. Like we're spending time apart, but it's still, we're in the house together. You know, I agree hundred percent. So the next one that I would say is definitely learning how to argue. So let me ask you, when you think about the evolution of our arguments, what do you think about? Like when we first start, because at first, like we didn't really have arguments and then like we did. And then, and I think a part of not having arguments isn't necessarily just about compatibility, but it's also like that you may not be talking about the real, real, real deep issues. Right. And so as you progress in marriage, like life gets deep. Yeah, absolutely. And you get so, to, you, you know, you start getting to know each other the more yeah. you're together. And I think at the beginning, of course, it's kind of like you want to say you don't have arguments because you're super, super compatible. But I think the reality is there could be too like that fear. Like, I don't want to make this person upset. I might not say this. Or, yep. But as you grow together, I mean, come on, let things are going to come out and show themselves. So to answer your question, I think the progression of our arguments Probably, and and we don't argue that much, but I think the progression has been when we were newer in the relationship or early on in the relationship or in the marriage, you know, you argue like you got to make the point, you got to be right and so on and so forth. And I think that has progressed to now. Um, but, we, but when you said that, but when you said that, were you talking about your... No, I was, I was talking about you as well, because I, I mean, we are the same person, so we... <laughs> We both we both have to win, um, or at least early on we felt like that. But I think the progression has been now, is this really even important? Like, why are we arguing? It's like the dumbest thing, right, to like be going back and forth. And sometimes we argue, we just start laughing at each other because we know it's not important. But I will say this, and, and this goes back, oh, man, many years ago, we were talking to your a mother's friends, which are really like your family, um, Mrs. Spruill and a couple other older women. 
And they were, it was in relation to a, a game that you had developed. And they really were like, why y'all take stuff so seriously? Like it d- didn't even matter to them. Some of the things that young people might argue about. And I really took that as a lesson. Like, is it worth ruining a night or a weekend over something so petty? Um, and I think our arguing has progressed to the point where we can get things like settled or we start laughing or, you know, we walk by each other silently, but I'm really like looking at you like, oh, I know she's about to laugh. Right. Or <laughs> I bump into you just to make you engage with me. Um, we don't argue over money. We don't argue over things that I think pull couples apart because we talk about them. And I think, you know, that's the key. Right. I mean, an yeah, argument because- is like. In, it's like ineffective communication. Like you want to say something and it's coming out in anger and, you know, so it's like, it's better just to talk about it. Yep. That's so true. And I, I will tell you like that. So the game that I developed was called Quiggles. And I remember there was one question specifically, which was like, let's say that you both decide to save up for uh, a house and you decide not to spend anything. And then you find some shoes in the closet and the receipt is dated after you had that conversation. And so I do remember that because like the younger generation, they were just like, Oh no, mm-mm, that's a red card. That's a red, you know? And definitely the older generation was like, it's some shoes. It's some shoes. Right. It's a like, pair of shoes. Move, move like, right. Right. Move are on. you really tripping about some shoes? <laughs> right. That's not going to affect the interest rates you get on the mortgage when y'all finally decide to buy the house. Yeah. And it's like definitely that moment, because I don't think we necessarily talked about it, but like that moment was very telling for me, which made me see that the older that people got in relationships, the less things were important because you start looking at truly what is really important in life. And it's not what we felt 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So Okay, let's see. Let me see, babe. So did I just give one? Did you give one? Did you piggyback? I, I can't I remember. think I kind of piggybacked off what you were saying. But I think it was related to like resolving things. You know, that it's better to talk stuff out, be honest, and get it out. It's, you know, maybe there'll be a pain point initially. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, we were talking to someone about our relationship and the person was like, well, is there anything you know, that, that you would want Kristen to do differently. And I like, I'd held it in cause I know how important your work is. And I never really said anything about it. Cause I didn't want to like, make it like I was like resentful or anything like that. Um, but I know, you know, you enjoy what you do. Um, you talk about your work a lot and that, you know, that makes me feel good. Cause I support you a hundred percent in your work and you do the same for me as well as an academic And I said something to you like, you know, you don't have to talk about work all the time, right? (laughs) And I like have been holding it in because I'm like, oh, I don't want her to take this the wrong way. Like, I don't want her to ever talk about work because, again, I know how important it is for you. But once I said it, it was it was done. It was easy. It was there was no like, I can't believe you said that to me. But but you know how none of the things that I thought were going to happen happened. And you were like, thank you for telling me. Yeah, because, you know, I work from home. And so the reality is like, when you are starting a business, you work a lot on your business. Like you just do. It's like birthing something. Um, And you talk about that birth period. It's like, sometimes it's not pretty. You don't necessarily have 
a start and a stopping time. I do now, you know, right. because I'm a few years in, but it's like, it takes some time to, to get to that point. And then sometimes it's kind of like, even like human design, I talk about it all the time because it's so, I see it everywhere. And I don't necessarily think about a lot of those things as work, but I was like, you know what? You might be right. So at that time, it was like, we sat down and we talked about like, what brings us joy? What brings us excitement? What makes us happy? We had that whole conversation and we also were able to see like how that was different for what brings me joy versus what brings you joy and what's relaxing to you versus what's relaxing to me. Um, And so those things were, it was a really important conversation because I started off on like, all right, I'm about to bring way, way, way more joy into my life now, you know? Right. And for me, and just going back to that main point, it for me, it was like, wow, why was I so worried about this? Obviously, this person loves me. They're not going to take it the wrong way because it's just my opinion. And, you know, you learn that lesson that it's better to communicate. Um, you've taught me that over the years that, you know, don't hold stuff in. And yeah, it might be an uncomfortable conversation initially. And it really wasn't at all uncomfortable. I'd been thinking that because I'd prepared myself like, oh, I know how important her work is to her. I know how important human design is. To her. I don't want her to take this the wrong way. And well, well, babe, you know, the other thing, too, that we should probably point out is what happens when I go to a party or anywhere? Right. You end up <laughs> meeting someone who needs your help. I mean, it's like a... <laughs> It is not something that I am seeking out. And and that's fair. You're absolutely right on that. But yeah, I just, you know, it's also like a conversation I had a few years ago with you during COVID when you were working for a media company and you were working like till late at night. And finally, it just got to the point where I'm like, I think I may have even said it to you. Like, what? Like, when are you going to turn this off? Like, you yep. you need to come to bed. You can't be working 20. And that was not like you. That was you working for someone else. Yep. But it just got to the point where I had to say something because I could see like it's affecting us now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think but I even think the way that you said it, it wasn't necessarily that like you were like, you cannot give these people all this time. Like, right. you, you really got to. For me, it was this. our time. It's my time. Like, exactly. I'm, I'm jealous. Like. I don't care how much they're paying you. You need to come to bed. Like, let's go. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it was one of those things where, you know, it's kind of like what happens sometimes in organizations is like you start off, you sign up contract for one job and they think that you are superwoman. Right. Right. And sometimes even as a woman of color, as a black woman, uh, we talk about black girl magic, which I don't reference that anymore because Sometimes people think that you're magical and you can actually do 17 jobs (laughs) for the price of one. Right. And And you have superhuman powers. Exactly. And I know now that there are five to six people doing the job that I was doing. Right. Right. So it definitely was something that I, you know, I listened to you. I definitely Mm -hmm. did. I was like, all right, we, we got to put some boundaries in here. But it also is one of those things that helped me in coaching other people because I understood what it was like to not have boundaries in a job, you know? Right. Anything else that you like have learned from our 10 years or from our relationship? It's I don't know if it's a lesson, but it's it's maybe an observation. 
when you're in a good relationship, time flies by because it doesn't seem like 10 years. And to be fair, full disclosure, we've been together for 13 and a half. We dated for three and a half years before we got married. Um, and it doesn't seem like that long ago at all. I mean, we, you know, I work out of town. Um, and so when the weekends come and I get to see you, it's like being on the first date sometimes all over again. So it's just like, I think when you're in a good space, when you're in a relationship with someone who supports you and vice versa, time does fly. Like it flies yeah. by. Right. And so it doesn't seem like, you know, some couples are like, oh my God, I can't believe I've been married 10 years. Uh, you know, it's not like that at all. It's really like we just met each other in some cases. Um, and we get along very well. We've gotten past all the growing pains and all that. So, um, now like we're on cruise control, really. I mean, it's fun being together and I don't think that that's ever going to end. And I agree, babe. I definitely agree. Like I definitely tell you all the time that I would do it all over again in a heartbeat, but you are definitely someone that I always enjoy being around. You make me laugh like that deep, deep, deep laugh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, <laughs> where right. you kind of can lose your voice. Right. And I think that the fact that we can laugh at ourselves and each other, it definitely helps, but we solve problems the same way right. we love, like right. we just love, you know? And so I'm very happy that Pardo said, <laughs> <laughs> you have to contact this person. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were working with Pardo at the time. <laughs> <laughs> the importance of, of that outside perspective. But you're so, right. I think that's too. It's, it, you said something that's, that is very, very important. You have to laugh. You have to laugh at each other. You have to laugh at yourself. We laugh with our families. You know, this is a time in life where I have lots of friends who are going through issues, first retirements, and what am I going to do next? And I've been with this person that I don't get along with. And, so, and I just feel so lucky, right? I mean, it's like comedy sometimes. And it's it's great because we have so much compatibility and we've grown together in a lot of ways. I couldn't imagine another uh, relationship other than this one. I mean, I just like, you know, we have our, we have our times. It's not uh, perfect a hundred percent of the time, but we work nope. through stuff and we don't take life so seriously. And we genuinely love each other. And like each other, you know, right. And Absolutely. respect each other. And, right. uh, I think that that is, it's super true. Uh, there's never a time like that I ever am like, oh, let me bad mouth my husband to talk about. <laughs> you better <laughs> I not. I never feel that way. I'm like, I, don't, I'm let, very listen. lucky, you know, yeah. to, and it's not lucky because I, I don't even want to say that. I think that both of us did the work that we needed to meet each other at the right time and have that perspective that was like, we valued ourselves and then we ended up, you know, meeting somebody who also valued themselves and then also valued the relationship together. Absolutely. I agree. hundred percent. Plus if you bad mouth me, you know, the streets are talking. So I'll find out. <laughs> I'll find out. Listen, your Ten family minutes after will you... tell me. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't make my, don't make my mom come show up at the house now. <laughs> 
what you say about my boy? No, it's more like, did you know that your son was saying this? <laughs> Actually, your mom might show up. Like, yeah, what you true. say about Kimmy? Exactly. That is definitely <laughs> true. <laughs> okay, so babe, final. Uh, let's talk about this anniversary present. So <laughs> let's talk about this. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, so <laughs> you start off. You start off. No, off you tell me. it. You tell it. <laughs> so for our 10th anniversary, Kristen got a song made, a song written, I should say, um, by a songwriter and a musician that sort of detailed how we met and sort of the very, you know, the beginning um, progression of our relationship. And she plays it for me. I'm sitting on the couch. We're in the living room and I open up this gift and or this card. And it's a picture of us with like a QR code. And I think, I guess I scanned the QR code and I played it, yep. if I remember. And I'm listening and I'm like, okay, this is a cool song. Then the, the person singing starts talking about how the two people exchanged emails. And then I, I was like, wait a minute. How the hell is this song like so similar to how we met? And then I think he said your name or my name first. And now at this point, I'm thinking like, wait a minute. Okay, something's going on. Like, this is too, this is weird now. Because now he's saying stuff that is exactly about us. And then I heard a name, like Kristen, Kristen or yep. Kristen. And then I was like, wait. And so now I spent the next few minutes listening to the song, but also questioning you about how you did this. Like, how is this possible? You can't just have somebody write you a song. And That's not I'm like, but did you really listen to the song? Or I did. I did listen to the song, but I was so perplexed because I'm thinking, I don't know anything about the music industry and all that, but I know you can't just get a song produced like that quick. Like that's impossible. Um, and I'm like, how, you know, songwriters. <laughs> um, and so we, we laugh, we laugh about it now because I really was interested. And, and so your listeners know I'm a very heady person as is Kristen, but I really was like, how did, how did you do this? Like, I want to know. And I also don't like, I don't know, maybe this is something inside me. Other people will verify this. I don't like it when other people know stuff that I don't know. So <laughs> I get very jealous of that. Like information and intelligence is power. And of course, I want to hoard it all for myself. So I was like, like, how did you do this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what did you do? Who do you know? Like, did you fly to LA to like Atlantic Records or something? <laughs> anyway, that. That was your anniversary gift to me. And then I didn't even want to give you my gift. I got you a. No, sort of you a... had the perfect gift. You, li <laughs> I literally was like, I hope he gets me this. Right. So what did I get you? So a gift certificate to my favorite, favorite spa um, okay. where I get Reiki done and a lot of other healing treatments. So I love it. I love it. That's a perfect gift. Well, babe, I appreciate you for coming on to the podcast, your very first podcast. I'm glad that it was with me. And uh, thank you for spending these past few years with me. It has flown by. Well, you don't have to thank me. It's my, it, it, it's been a whirlwind for me. It's been fun. It's been great. We've grown a lot. We've shared a lot. We've matured immensely and I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. So I'm glad I'm not a podcast version, a virgin, sorry, <laughs> um, anymore. Um, but I've enjoyed the last 
10 years and the last 13 years, they've, they've been great and many, many more to come. And so now I want to actually share our song. This is called Lifetime With You. It was written by Zach Lever. And it's a story of us. Oh, it took a couple emails. But it always felt right. But when you finally gave me your number I told you I met someone offline And a couple months later I guess I'd had enough You picked up the phone and I remember you said a Christian from eHarmony I thought you were in love And it felt like I'd known you forever For my entire life Falling asleep With the sun coming up Cause we couldn't stop Talking all and on our first days, you were so right That you'd marry me, that we'd build a life And I'm so grateful for all that you do From one day to four days, to a lifetime with you Time with you to a lifetime. 